0: She says, um, your soul is made of stars and stars shine. It's your life's work to shine. You weren't born to fit in. You were born to stand out.
1: That is really beautiful. I love that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What's up, everybody? This is Sarah. I'm your host of Talk to the Hand Podcast, a podcast about the '90s, everything you love about the '90s, and more. And we have a very special guest here. We have our dear friend Derek, the co-host of the 3AM Club Podcast. Hi, Derek.
1: Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> so
0: glad you're here. And we are here on the first podcast, first week of Pride Month. Woo yeah. Happy Pride, everyone. So, what are we talking about today, Derek?
1: We're talking about one of our favorite topics, RuPaul.
0: RuPaul. We love RuPaul. And RuPaul is, if you don't know RuPaul, RuPaul is one of the most famous drag is the most famous drag queen.
1: Definitely the most famous drag queen. Yeah.
0: So before we get into the topic, just want to make sure you're following us on social media. You can follow us at ttthpod on Twitter, talk to the Hand Pod on Instagram. You could also find us at talktothehandpod.com. Email us at talktohandpod at gmail.com. Um, also wanted to remind you, if you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review. Um, it really helps us with the algorithms. And you can also follow Derek's podcast. He has a podcast I want to introduce yourself a little bit with the
1: pod? Sure. I'm Derek and I co-host the 3AM Mystery Club podcast with my friends Brandon and Rowena. And we cover lots of true crime and mysteries. There's an emphasis on cold cases and missing people and just lots of weird, creepy stories. And a lot of our cases are actually from the 90s. Yeah.
0: So
1: if you like 90s and you like true crime, check us out.
0: We love 90s true crime for sure. We just did the, the Waco episode. Like, we, we love it.
1: And I love that episode. I just listened <laughs> to it. And you guys were so funny oh. and, and made a serious topic very entertaining and funny.
0: Oh, thank you. <laughs>
1: and I love the little shout out to my pug baby Pearl.
0: Oh, we love Pearl. Yeah, we we absolutely adore Pearl. Um, so yeah, so we are talking about RuPaul today. So why don't we just dive right into it? So, Derek, give me a synopsis or a quick cliff notes version of who RuPaul is.
1: Okay, so I'm going by my memory of RuPaul and what I know as a fan. I'm definitely not an expert, (laughs) but RuPaul started in the 80s. I know at one point she was in Atlanta. She was in San Diego and New York City
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um, in the bars, I assume, Mm -hmm. like lots of drag queens start. But then in the 90s, she reached commercial success. She had songs and music. Yeah. And then later in the 2000s. RuPaul's Drag Race and the whole empire. The Empire.
0: I love it. I love it. That's a really good synopsis. Thank you. Yeah. So RuPaul um, is one of the most successful commercial drag queens um, of all time. And Ru, you know, we kind of bounce back with pronouns um, just because Ru has said himself, herself, you can call me he, you can call me she, you can call me Regis and Kathy Lee. I don't care.
1: Just as long as you call me. (laughs) And I love that so much. And just a little note on that. I know RuPaul is a big follower and fan of the spiritual author Eckhart Tolle yeah. and Eckhart Tolle talks a lot about the ego. And I believe Ru believes that sometimes labels can kind of be a human ego thing, yeah, and, a
0: human construct.
1: Right. And she, she, he, they just transcend those yeah. labels.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so Ru was from San Diego, settled in New York City after studying performing arts in Atlanta.
1: And at five years old, Rue says, I think this is so cute. Rue Paul says at five years old, she realized that she was a superstar trapped in a five-year-old's body and had to do something about that. And she goes on to say that she would achieve this by any means necessary, even if it meant donning a gorilla outfit or dressing up as an inanimate object. So be it. I
0: love that so much. Yeah, she was... She, you can just tell she had star power from the beginning.
1: Absolutely, and I think I read somewhere that her mother when RuPaul was born, that her mother knew that she had a star on her hands as a baby.
0: Yeah. And I think Ru also talks about growing up with a lot of women. So um, she wore makeup and from five years old, like just always kind of had that really dazzling, put on put on a glamour, put on a, you know what I mean?
1: Definitely. Especially if you're a gender nonconforming kid yeah. with lots of sisters, I'm sure that is. <laughs> Sure that was happening.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that was really interesting, I just learned that it was something like last year, Rue was on a show and they found out that uh, Rue is cousins with and with New Jersey Senator Cory Booker. Did you know that?
1: I remember hearing that. I didn't didn't know it was true. That is really crazy. Isn't that
0: cool, though? Like, I love that. I love Cory Booker. So that's pretty cool. Let's talk a little bit about the drag um, background because really that's what Rue is. That's what she is. It's all about drag. Drag is political, drag is who you are on the inside. Um, you know, coming out on the outside in a way that doesn't take yourself too seriously. One thing I thought was really cool was she's always had a hustle, you know, always hustled, always hustled, posting, you know. Wheat pasting posters of like her face onto the s- street signs and things like that, like in Atlanta. Um, so she had a-, a band called the Wee Wee Pole was a punk band in the 80s. Did you know that? the
1: No, but that is a Isn't great. That cool? That's a great. I knew she had a punk band, but I didn't know the name.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And really talks talks a lot about that punk rock culture and the punk rock like ethos of being really authentic to yourself and just rejecting what society puts on you. And just like, that's such a punk rock attitude.
1: I I love that so much.
0: Yeah. Uh, They were really inspired by bands like the B-52s. Actually, I learned that um, her first role like, you know, on screen was in the Love Shack music video.
1: And I just heard that. I did not know that.
0: Isn't that crazy? That's
1: amazing. Yeah. And yeah. I remember seeing that video and at the time, obviously yeah. not having a clue.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They, she was also really influenced by Blondie, was uh, the all-time favorite, and Wendy Williams of the Plasmatics. And yeah, so really cool musical background. Then she moved to New York City. And I guess like, I from all the research I've done, there was a band called The Pyramid, which was a really big drag ball. Room, basically kind of almost in the in New York City in the 90s um, and that's where people felt like they were at home that was one of those places that everyone just could be themselves and that's really where she got
1: her. her like thing. the the Paris is burning type balls
0: yeah yeah and there were like like lots of people like different people that would perform there like rock bands and poets and things like that. It was just like, you could be authentically you. And that's what Rue really represents.
1: Imagine having been in that world in the eighties where young RuPaul was performing in a punk band. I know that would have been so incredible.
0: I know. I know. I, I, I could just die. Oh my god. Um and Rue was also really good friends with a lot of those musicians, like she's really good friends with Nirvana and Kurt Cobain. And you know, it's it's really
1: And we all know the picture of RuPaul. Yes. With Kurt Cobain and, and... Francis
0: Bean. Yes. <laughs> Which oh. Francis was a was a um, drag race judge.
1: Oh, she she was? Oh, I love
0: that. (laughs) So they stayed in touch. Rue really got her start performing at the Pyramid Club in the early 90s. It was just like kind of busting at the seams with like really surreal drag mixed with rock and crazy stuff. Um, And this was also on the heels of the AIDS epidemic. So there was a lot of community um, among the LGBT community you know in new york city and the drag community was just kind of like an outlet like it was so dark and it was so um you know scary and sad and and this was a bright glistening spot within that landscape
1: i can only imagine just thinking about the conversations i've had with some of the people who are now older that were around mm-hmm. in the, in their heyday was that AIDS eighties era, mm-hmm. I should say. And so many of them are still, and I think rightfully so, so angry at Ronald Reagan and the way yeah. that whole thing was handled. Yeah. So I'm sure the dra- the drag world and that scene was such an outlet for them at that time.
0: Oh, a hundred, hundred percent. And, you know, Rue started really grabbing headlines um, in the, in the early 90s just because things were starting to change like people dressing in drag it was it was kind of, it wasn't necessarily becoming mainstream, but it was no longer a oddity in the same way it was in the 80s. And so there was just kind of this camaraderie and this, just this this community.
1: Oh, and people in the 90s were infatuated and loved drag. Even mm-hmm. if they didn't understand it, they were highly entertained mm-hmm. by it. Oh, yeah. I think one of our favorite topics that we've discussed before, talk shows. Mm-hmm. So many talk shows had drag queens. Mm-hmm. Sally, Jesse Raphael, mm-hmm. Jerry Springer, Mm -hmm. the ricky lake show and i can remember the audience reactions on those shows they ate it up
0: Yeah, did they? Like, you're our resident talk show expert. What would the um, talk show topics be about when it would come to having drag queens on the show?
1: Well, it could, of course. Was it respectful? By today's standards, not always. Okay. (laughs) For example, I know Ricky Lake had a topic where drag queens confronted their other drag queen friends for...
0: I remember that (laughs) one. I remember you talking (laughs) about that, (laughs) about, like, their physical appearance. Their physical
1: appearance and saying they're too... Whatever yeah. to be drag.
0: Yeah. Just being like gatekeeping. Gatekeeping. Interesting. But that
1: wasn't always it. Sometimes it was just, today we have fun drag queens and they're yeah. going to perform for us. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Interesting. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Rue has um, said that drag is a very, very political act because it challenges the status quo by rejecting fixed identities. And what she actually says, drag says, I'm a shapeshifter. I do whatever the hell I want at any given time.
1: And now that is very Eckhart Tolle, I think. You I'm, think a, so? I'm a shapeshifter.
0: Yeah, it is. That's very spiritual.
1: I don't know if he uses that word, but that's yeah. definitely the philosophy.
0: Well, Rue is very, very spiritual. You can tell, like, like just there's just such a ground about Rue and just like the way that she just relates to people and others and herself.
1: Have you listened to Rue on the Oprah Super Soul podcast?
0: I know, but you told me about it.
1: It is still one of my go-to favorites to listen okay. to for a church Going to church. Yeah,
0: going, okay, okay, going to church. We'll link that in the show notes, everyone, because I need to listen to that, too. It's
1: definitely worth a listen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We've been talking a little bit about Rue and how she became a fixture on the drag scene, the club scene in New York City in the late 80s and the early 90s. Then we get to 1993. And, Derek, what happens in
1: 1993? In 1993, Supermodel, You Better Work, RuPaul's big signature song of the 90s, and even now, debuted. Yes. That song was so popular. It was an unexpected success on MTV Mm -hmm. because grunge and rap were really popular at the time. It was just a breath of fresh air. Who was this drag queen singing (laughs) about supermodels? (laughs) I don't know about you, but I remember in elementary school in the early to mid 90s, I remember being a little kid and requesting that song at a dance. Oh my gosh, really? Yes.
0: (laughs) Did they play it? They played it. Yes. That's amazing. And this
1: was in West Virginia oh they, and they played it.
0: <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I remember that song in the nineties for sure. I, I just, yeah, I remember the dance. Cause I feel like the 90s had that disco revival and it definitely. really, like the drag culture was coming so quickly into the mainstream around that same time when that disco revival was back.
1: That's a really good point. I hadn't really thought of that, but that's there was definitely an intersection of those things yeah. at that
0: time. Yeah, and you see some of the the leading stars of that disco revival, like Cher. Um, Cher was on the RuPaul show. There was a lot of crossover. It makes sense too that that Blondie was a big influence to Rue
1: too. And we tell. need and we need to touch on that for a second. Yeah. I mean, how groundbreaking and crazy and awesome is that that RuPaul in drag had a successful popular talk
0: show. Oh, 100%. Well, let's talk about it. So, that started uh, right after the song came out. VH1 gave her her own show.
1: And I, at the time, I actually have only seen clips of it because I didn't get cable in my house until a little later. I didn't yeah. have it when I was around that time. Yeah. Did you watch it when it was on?
0: I didn't. I I didn't watch it. I think I was a little too young um, to actually be able for my, to, to like validate watching daytime talk shows to my mom um but but, trust
1: me i think we discussed yeah we did i used to fight with my mom about having to about needing to watch ricky lake
0: yeah but you know it's funny because like as i've gotten older and just i'm i'm such a huge 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 fan of rupaul that i've been watching a lot of clips and michelle visage like their friendship and they're like she's in everything all of those shows so in the rupaul show they used to do like skits and like, um, like they would do these funny psychic skits and those are like little SNL skits with, with Rue and Michelle Visage.
1: Wow, I didn't know they did comedy skits. Yeah,
0: yeah, and they also interviewed people like Lil' Kim and they interviewed- wow, um Lil' Kim. Yeah, and what was really cool about the 90s talk show, it was the first talk show to have a drag queen host, but it talked about a lot of really important things that were really not discussed in the 90s, like black empowerment and women empowerment and liberal politics, really progressive politics,
1: ahead of her time. Really,
0: absolutely.
1: Could be wrong, but I think there's a photo of Little Kim dressed like RuPaul.
0: Oh my God, really? I think so. Oh, that's amazing. It had a lot of really heavy hitters too, in terms of in terms of guests too. Like like she interviewed Nirvana, Duran Duran, Pat Benatar, Mary J. Blige, Dionne Warwick, Cindy Lopper. and it's it's kind of like one of those things that no one could deny. That Rue had this influence and could command these types of these shows and have these these influential people on. Like you just couldn't you couldn't turn away like you couldn't look away.
1: That's really amazing. I wish she had this right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, she actually did have a daytime talk show. June 2019 it was canceled after a three-run test.
1: No. <laughs> right. Well, I guess I mean, everything she touches turns to gold. Yeah. But I guess even those people have Yeah. some things that don't work out.
0: Yeah. Well, and also, I, I just wonder if Drag Race was just making too much money that it just what didn't make sense to pull her away from that. I don't know.
1: And I think Rue is amazing in or out of drag. But yeah. was Rue out of drag in that current...
0: That's a good question. I actually don't know.
1: Because people... Seem like they tend to prefer in drag, RuPaul. And if she was out of drag, I could see that being a hindrance, maybe.
0: True. That's a really good point. That's really interesting. Well, it's interesting because I Rue actually had a masterclass that she teaches um, self-expression and authenticity and she's not in drag. And I like there's something that is really it's you connect to her differently when she's not in drag.
1: Definitely. And she talks about that a lot. Yeah. About the way people respond to her in versus out of drag.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What what do you think? um, Like, what does she say
1: from what I remember? out of drag people are much more comfortable going up and saying whatever they want Mm -hmm. and in drag as a lot of drag queens have said people are kind of intimidated
0: okay interesting I could see that because I mean there's a lot of makeup there's a lot of vinyl there's a lot of heels there's a lot of hair (laughs) there's a lot of
1: height yeah
0: height that's very (laughs) true
1: who is this person behind all, all of this yeah kind of thing
0: well and it's it's One of those things that I just love about Rue so much on my computer, I have a Rue quote that's be too much. The world needs it. Like if you just think about Rue, like just how tall she is and how much she does. She gets done up and like it's like the world does need it. The world really does need your authentic self to come to shine through. And I think that's really what what Rue represents.
1: Absolutely. She's a very good example of being who you are authentically are. Yeah,
0: there's yeah. In the masterclass, um, there's this one incredible quote that she says, um, Your soul is made of stars and stars shine. It's your life's work to shine. You weren't born to fit in, you were born to stand out.
1: That is really beautiful. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Did I you know. take, you did the masterclass? I did the
0: masterclass. Oh. And that's actually what caused me to start this podcast, which is why I have such a soft spot for Rue in that masterclass. Oh, I love that. Yeah.
1: I didn't know that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So there's one part in the masterclass where Ru says, like, basically she's like, write down 10 things you would do if you knew you couldn't fail. Like you, you knew instantly you wouldn't, you weren't going to fail. And the first thing I wrote down, and I had never talked about doing a podcast before. I had never, I didn't even think about doing it. And for some reason, the first thing I wrote was start a podcast. Wow. So it was like, and then I, as soon as it came out of me onto the paper, I was like, whoa, shit, maybe I should. <laughs> and you weren't
1: even consciously thinking about nope. it. Nope.
0: Nope. It was because of Rue. And it's funny because um, I, you know, I study a lot of witchcraft. I, a lot of witches that I follow um, really credit Rue as being like a, like a very witchy person. Just a very intuitive, like speaks to you in in intuitive ways. And um, that was one of those times where I was like, whoa, hey girl, like that is witchy. Like she got right into my soul and was like, here it is. (laughs) You're going to start a podcast about the nineties. And eventually for pride, you're going to talk about me. (laughs) That is really magical. I yeah. hope I hope
1: Rue is a guest on their podcast I know someday. I would
0: die. Oh, my God, I would die. <laughs> um, okay, so let's also talk a little bit about um, her MAC sponsorship in the 90s. Did you know any, anything about this? Because I didn't until I did some research, which is I, so crazy.
1: I knew that she had a MAC campaign, and it raised money for AIDS mm-hmm, things, mm-hmm. like AIDS research yeah. and all of that. Yeah. But... That's all I really, I mean, I don't know a lot about it. I just remember that. Well, in
0: 1994, she became a spokesperson for MAC Cosmetics. And just like Derek said, raised money for the MAC AIDS Fund um, and was the first drag queen to land a major cosmetics campaign. Um, The billboards featured her in full drag with the text, I am the MAC girl. And we will post a picture of it because it's incredible. It's so 90s. That is so nice. Oh, that is. Like the text, 90s. the copy, like it's so fabulous. It's like now I actually want that as my background on my phone.
1: It's a pretty great photo.
0: It's incredible. So we're gonna post that on Instagram so you guys can all see it. I was watching a video of um, the reveal of Rue as the spokesperson for this particular line. Um, and the Mac the the person in charge of of their creative content whatever the his role was maybe CMO or something said up until now we never thought we'd have a face and Rue was just the perfect face they brought Rue to be the spokesperson and um, she was interviewed by someone and she said you know I've worn makeup since I was five years old this is my crowning glory I grew up in a house full of girls she even says makeup never hurt anyone it's creative it's an art form it's true Yeah. And one one thing that really kind of pissed me off about um, this particular reporter was asking her, like, do you think that the average woman is going to be able to relate to you? Which pisses me off because it's not just women that wear makeup. Of course, this is the 90s. But Rue responds and says, I think so. Rue Paul speaks to the individual and everyone. True. It's so sweet. Like, I love that. Rue has also done some acting.
1: Including one of my all time favorite even if minor roles, Miss Cummings in the Brady Bunch movie. Yes. From
0: I can't believe that she was in that.
1: Jan, come back when you're pregnant. <laughs> That's the
0: best. <laughs> I love it so. Now I have to watch that movie again.
1: That movie is, I could talk about, I could do a whole episode on that movie. On uh, just the
0: Brady Bunch movie? <laughs> totally. Did you watch the revival or the the sequel in yes. Hawaii? Yes. Yes, yes. And, w-
1: and Rue is in that one as <laughs> well. Yes,
0: yes. I watched that one recently. <laughs> it's so good. It's like on Hulu or something. That's amazing. It's the best. Yeah, so uh, 90s kids, if you're looking for something to like, you know, laugh at and just be silly with, definitely check out the Brady Bunch movies.
1: I remember seeing the first brady bunch movie in a theater with my mom and brother
0: me too that was <laughs> such that. a that was so fun it was fun those are fun movies god we gotta do an episode on those those are great
1: they're one of not to like go off track here into the oh, Brady Bunch it. movie but that movie is one of the best if not the best example of taking something old and making it 100 and still being true to the content and hilarious
0: oh yeah That's such a good point, too. Yeah, that that was a really great movie. And it was just the casting was on point. Yeah, it was just silly and goofy and fun. Although I will say that the storyline between Marsha and what's the oldest brother. Oh, Greg. Greg. Yeah, it was a little creepy. Or that was in uh, the, the sequel. Yeah. The very brainy sequel. <laughs> but we, we can go into that in another in another episode. Um, but did you ever see To Wong Fu? Thanks for everything, Julianne Newmar
1: not, Did I ever see it? <laughs> I love that movie
0: so much. I need to watch that one again.
1: It's been a while since I've seen it, but I've watched it many, many times.
0: Yeah. Would you recommend it? Oh, yes. Yeah. To
1: any 90s fan or somebody that if you love the 90s and you've never seen Tu Wong Fu and you love drag, watch it.
0: So who are the other main people? In it's
1: Patrick Swayze, right. Wesley Snipes and John Leguizamo. That's
0: right. That's right. And
1: can we just talk about how Wesley Snipes' drag name is Noxima Jackson? <laughs> like <laughs> Noxima is the drag name how 90s is that?
0: I love that so much.
1: <laughs> it's the best.
0: I love that. And it just really kind of speaks to how drag was viewed in the 90s, that they could make a major motion picture on this like that.
1: With those three heterosexual men well, that were it, like action stars yeah. and romantic leads, not, not people that you would typically think would be playing a drag queen in a film.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I know Patrick Swayze did have, you know, he he wore dresses and, and he did have some kind of gender fluidity in terms of how he um, dressed himself sometimes.
1: And I don't know a lot about him. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. 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 There's some really beautiful pictures of Patrick Swayze in a dress. I'll show you.
1: I did. That's really cool. Yeah. I, I will say I I don't think many people probably expected to see Wesley Snipes. in a No. Dress.
0: Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> well, now we're going to have to watch that one again. Yes.
1: One of my favorite lines in that movie, I think it's Naomi Campbell, comes up to Noxima, Wesley Snipes, and she's like, I wish I was as beautiful as you. And Noxima's like, good luck. Ah,
0: I love it. <laughs> I love that so much. So she was also in a ton of other movies, uh, but just kind of more recently, did you ever watch Broad City?
1: I have never seen Broad City, but I have heard great things. I
0: love Broad City. People
1: that I know have good taste tell me they love it.
0: It's so good. And Rue plays Alana's uh, boss at the restaurant. And it's so, it's fantastic. It's like chef's kiss. It's so good.
1: Is she in drag? No okay
0: no very very much just like like but but she's very feminine you know she like it's just it's a great great character Check i really really love it yeah and also aj and the queen did you ever watch that
1: no <gasps>
0: how do you oh, feel about it i loved it so much i was so bummed that it was canceled
1: i have heard such mixed things really
0: what are the things you've heard
1: it's just it seems to be a mixed bag like very sharply divided people okay. either love it or they said wow it really didn't do it for me okay. and, I, and i don't know why i've never really heard specifics yeah. I've just observed that people have either really liked it or yeah. really did not
0: okay well for 90s kids if you haven't seen it it's uh the show is called "AG and the Queen and it's on Netflix it came out last year and it was only uh it was cancelled after the first season but Rue actually created it it's a it's a really incredible um season of, a, of this show of this, you know, drag queen that has to make up, you know, earn some money and goes on tour with this um, kind of she's kind of orphaned, kind of just this like vagrant kid. Um, and it's just truly a beautiful story. You get a lot of very fantastic Rue performances, um, very much like there are so many parts in that show where you just get you you get the Rue philosophy through a fictional show. It's like, t- it's teaching and it's entertainment.
1: Is it going to make me sad if I watch it because I'm going to want some follow-up?
0: Yes, but okay. in a good way. Okay. Yeah, I would still recommend watching it. I loved it. I watched it right after I took the master class and it all just sunk in. You know what I, like it just seeped into my soul it's still on netflix yeah i think so yeah so okay. everyone check it out aj and the queen check it out. <laughs> yeah that's some really good rue philosophy uh philosophy Roo, <laughs> eric's really good at the at the word puns but uh yeah that's a really good one
1: eric is very good at word
0: puns <laughs>
1: I've noticed in the podcast and also <laughs> just in daily conversation. I don't know how he has an acted
0: <laughs> Shout out for Eric and the bad dad jokes. Okay, so let's talk a little bit before we wrap up. Let's talk a little bit about Drag Race. Talk to us about Drag Race.
1: Okay, so I personally consider season two, which is one of, if not my favorite season.
0: Okay. I think
1: of season two as the first season of Drag Race. Okay because-
0: 2010, everyone, just for context.
1: The fir- because the real first season of Drag Race didn't have much of a budget. And okay. when you, have you seen?
0: I haven't, not the first couple seasons. I've only watched All Stars.
1: Okay, well you've definitely got to watch season two. I'll watch two. season
0: two now, yeah.
1: Season two also had a lot of drama. Mm. I think still, even to this day, that cast fought more than any other season. Really?
0: Okay, yes. okay, and okay. It, and
1: it just produced so many iconic figures yeah. from the Drag Race yeah. world. Yeah. But the actual first season of Drag Race just didn't have much of a budget. They were trying to kind of figure out what the show was yeah still worth a watch but it's considered it's actually called the lost season by really? a lot of fans okay it's, it's just different okay. than the others okay
0: gotcha so season two is where you start
1: i i think so no yeah. offense to anyone who, <laughs> who was on season one i think it had some great people it's on a it. hot
0: take hot take <laughs> yes, hot take.
1: But I love season two. I've I've watched I've watched most seasons of yeah, Drag Race. Yeah,
0: Drag Race is such it's it's just so interesting um, that it just really revolutionized the portrayal of drag queens in and the LGBTQ community on screen. And it's just um, it it really took drag queen drag queens to the mainstream on a whole new level.
1: It really did. And the fact that it's still going strong 13. and they, they won an Emmy. Yeah, two Emmys. Two Emmys. Yeah,
0: 2016 and 2017.
1: That, wow.
0: Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, so there are really, I mean, 13 seasons of Drag Race, like just really incredible. Um, two two seasons in the UK and there's a ton of uh, spinoff series. Like I said, there's uh, All Stars, Drag You. Did you ever watch those or Secret Celebrity Drag Race? I
1: didn't see Secret Celebrity Drag Race, but I used to watch Drag You. And it's where contestants from Drag Race took normal, everyday women Mm -hmm. and turned them into a drag queen and taught them how to live with confidence and live their authentic self. Yeah. Authentic lives.
0: So what would you say would be some of the takeaways from that particular? Because I love the concept of that show, teaching women to um, just live with confidence. What would you say would be the key takeaways from that show?
1: From Drag You? Yeah. To. Like, how do
0: you live confidently?
1: To just really learn what your strengths are yeah. and to emphasize that and to be okay with what you perceive as your weaknesses.
0: Yeah. Okay. Like lean into them almost. Lean
1: into them and know what makes you, you. Yeah. I don't, that sounds so cheesy. No, I, I love it. I don't it. really know how to put it, but really to embrace all aspects of yeah. who you are.
0: That's really a RuPaul type of like lifestyle for sure.
1: And the UK Drag Race is really good, by the I way. I haven't
0: seen any of it. It's great. I wonder if it's... I can, is it on... It's not on Netflix.
1: It's not on Netflix. I think you have to do the World of Wonder app, but it's oh. like $3. It's like $3 okay. or something. Okay. It's not very So much. worth it, for sure. It's worth it. Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, cool. It's interesting because I've seen... a. have read a lot of people talk about Drag Race and Rue in general from... Even from um, her experience in the 90s as learning how to market yourself and learning how to um, speak with authority and, and just like kind of live unapologetically, you know what I mean? Like she uses the show to, to, Advertise her books and her songs and her music and stuff like that. And there's just a lot of there's a Rue world that she's kind of creating.
1: Definitely. And you talking about marketing yourself and her advice as far as that goes. I remember Rue has said before, if you're going to a job interview or even if you're just out about in the daily world and you want to be perceived as confident, wear a suit.
0: Oh. Like even
1: something as simple as that, which totally makes a lot of sense.
0: Interesting. She's
1: instructed. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's great.
1: Listen to Rue and wear a suit when you're you're going to that job. I
0: love it. Do you have any other pearls of wisdom that Pearl Pearl. (laughs) hall Do you have any other pearls of wisdom from Rue that you've acquired over the years from watching Drag Race and just being a (laughs) Rue fan?
1: I have so many that it's hard to think of one. Something that immediately comes to mind is what we touched on earlier, that we're all shapeshifters Yeah. and that we are, as RuPaul says, God in drag Yeah. because this human existence that we're living, I think, and I think you do too, Mm -hmm. is a facade. Mm -hmm. There's something more going on Mm -hmm. behind the scenes Mm -hmm. and internally and in the world in general. To everyone you meet. To everyone we meet, yeah, and everything,
0: yeah. No, I think you're so right. I think, and I think if I want to impart anything on our '90s kids, if you don't know anything about Rue, she's a philosophy, and like, like I can't stress it enough how much of a devotee I am. Just I, I, I truly look up to her in terms of authentic and self-expression. And I think if there's anything we can learn, it's just like, like you have a voice, you have a unique character makeup inside and out, your, your weaknesses are also part of that and the world needs it.
1: And what is a weakness other than a perception?
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's so interesting. So, okay. So in summary, season two is where you start.
1: I think so. Okay. I okay, I'll say this. Start with season two, watch all of them, and then go back and check out the first season so you can see how far the show has grown.
0: Oh, good idea. Okay. That's a great idea. I love that. Well, um there and it Rue wouldn't be Rue without some controversy. So I feel like there are some controversies that surround um that surround her that anytime you bring her up people will touch on. And I think a couple of, one of the big ones is the fact that Rue and and her husband um, own a ranch in Wyoming and have come out saying that they do lease mineral rights and sell water to oil companies on their ranch um, and allow fracking, so that's kind of a big deal. A lot of people are very critical of that. I don't know.
1: And I have something to say about that, okay, actually. let's hear it. I don't know if this is true. I'm not, it's Wyoming, right? Yeah. I'm not from Wyoming, I've never been there. I don't even know if I know anyone from there. But something that I read online that people were saying was that in Wyoming, in some of those towns, I've heard it's not even always a choice.
0: Oh, I don't, interesting. I don't know if
1: that's true.
0: If you're from Wyoming, let us know. Yeah,
1: let us know. Is is it always a choice or it, or are there circumstances yeah. where, like, your minerals are going to be?
0: That's really interesting. Yeah. If you know the answer to that, please drop us a line. Let us know. Um, another... Another thing that's come up in some controversy is just just kind of this um, there's there's some sensitivity about the gender identity and the gender fluidity. And um, Rue really has I don't want to call it a complex relationship with the transgender community because I don't think it's complex. I think Rue just is who she is. And um, people, you know, inevitably will take up, um, some issue with that. And I think also we have to consider that Rue is a different, um, generation. Like you were saying earlier, before we started recording, Gen Z has a much different view on transgender issues and, um, rights and, and justice and, you know, how we, how we relate to, uh, transgender individuals and, um, and a lot of people think that the whole drag thing mocks mocks gender identity and doesn't take it seriously. Um, a couple of activists have criticized some of the use of the words in the show, and like the words "tranny" and "shemale," which um, Rue has come around to basically say, "Look, this is the. These are the words we use." coming up in the 80s and 90s obviously they're not resonating with people anymore I'm really sorry that I hurt anyone and then she goes on to say um, that really the only screening criteria for contestants we have on drag race is charisma uniqueness nerve and talent so well yeah exactly so I think I think just like all of us she's evolving and learning and unlearning just like everyone else
1: you said that so perfectly
0: yeah I just I I have to stand by ruin,
1: though. I don't know. Same here. She's from a different era, and we're all human, and we're all, as you said, learning, evolving, and apologizing when we're wrong.
0: Yeah. And we can learn from her just as much as she can learn from us. Absolutely. Yeah. We all, we are all learning together. <laughs> we are all, and the important thing is that we all stay open-minded to it and just stay yes. fluid and stay flexible and adapt and apologize if we wrong or hurt people or harm people and just move, learn from those mistakes and learn and just move forward. So
1: you said that perfectly.
0: Yeah. Well, I love Rue and Rue, if you're ever listening to this, please hit us up and come have a drink with Derek and I, cause we adore you. We
1: love you. Rue is sober so come have coffee with us.
0: Oh, that's right. I did hear that she stopped drinking in like 99. Yeah,
1: she stopped drinking a long time yeah,
0: ago. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, but we
1: still want you to join us. Yes,
0: we still want you to join us. We'll we might spike our coffee, but we'll bring you coffee we'll get you right. coffee. <laughs> Un- unspiked. Unspiked. <laughs> Very much respectful of that lifestyle 100%. Um do you have any final thoughts on Rue? Get what when you were growing up in the 90s did you did you have any um overlap with Rue in that culture I was just in West Virginia
1: I was just infatuated with her I yeah. mean I told you about ask i mean I remember requesting the supermodel song at the dance in elementary yeah. school
0: yeah
1: I remember being intrigued by her and thinking she was hilarious and the yeah, Brady Bunch yeah. movie
0: Aww. and
1: in Tu Wong Fu. For me, as a kid that knew I was gay at a pretty young age in West Virginia, mm-hmm. she was definitely a figure that I looked up to and saw someone who was really living their authentic, their best authentic yeah, life. yeah. And I, I will always look up to her in that regard. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. I never, um, I do remember her show in the 90s, um, but I, it wasn't until I would say I was later in my 20s that I really became a devotee. And like, just really, absolutely, like, I cannot stress enough just how she's a philosophy and. And someone to look up to um, just being your true self, being like um, there's one thing I, I one thing she said, and I can't remember where I heard it from, whether it was an interview or a podcast or whatever, because um, I just I can't remember where it came from. But she talks about full self and how you just be show up as your full self. And there are so many times I can't even tell you where I'm anxious or I'm I'm wondering if I'm putting myself out there too much. You know, I have a podcast. I I put myself out on social media and then, so many times I'm like, whoa, did I take that too far or am I doing too much? And I just I, I step back and I picture Rue dressed in full drag, standing up there being like full self, full self, full self. And like I just imagine that and that centers me. And it's almost like like Rue truly does speak to me um, in those moments. And I that's why I really call her philosophy and like a, a lifestyle and a way of living in addition to because there's so many things that that I feel like society wants us to fit into certain boxes. And we just don't. I think we're waking up to that.
1: We're definitely waking up. And she is absolutely a spiritual teacher that yeah. I look up to as well. A hundred percent. I mean, when I think of my greatest spiritual teachers, RuPaul is uh-huh. on in the top five.
0: Me too. A hundred percent a hundred percent just living yourself as you're being yourself
1: and i know we're being serious right now when we're wrapping up but because this is a 90s podcast and i love rupaul and i love sitcoms i have to say watch the sister sister episode with rupaul (gasps) because it is amazing oh
0: my god i haven't seen it
1: okay you are in for such a treat rupaul is a I think it's a store at a mall, very 90s. Oh like my it's God,
0: store. I love it.
1: She has a little feud frenemy thing with Jack A. Harry. Oh!
0: God. it's hilarious oh my god that's so 90 yeah, i
1: don't even know which one of them is funnier it's oh, so good
0: shit okay well so 90s kids we're gonna put a little playlist together for you not just uh you know sources we're gonna put a playlist together for you yes. for things to check out with rue so i think that's a really good place to stop it just just if you if you're looking for a spiritual teacher rue is rue's rue is your person rue is your your entity
1: We love you, RuPaul. We
0: love you, Ru.
1: Thank you for everything you've done for this world and humanity.
0: And happy Pride. Happy Pride. Yes, yes, absolutely. Okay, so Derek, um, let's go ahead and wrap up there. Tell our 90s kids where they can find you.
1: You can find me at, well, on my my podcast that I do with my friends, the 3AM Mystery Club Podcast. And my Instagram is Derek Dalton, D-E-R-R-I-C-D-A-L-T-O-N.
0: Yes. And I will put all those handles in the show notes as well.
1: Yes. And I'm a bad social media person. <laughs> and I can't even remember the Instagram for our podcast.
0: 3am club pod, I think.
1: Perfect. You know, you know it and I don't.
0: I just tagged you in something. So <laughs> okay,
1: great.
0: I love it. Okay, everyone, so make sure you check out 3am uh, pod club or club pod. And Derek, thank you so much for joining us again.
1: Thank you so much. It's always fun talking with you about all things. Kindness. Yes,
0: we will have Derek back. Derek was on our talk shows episodes. So make sure you check that one out as well. Derek will be back to talk about soap operas. Cannot wait to talk about some lives. <laughs> Yes. Well, and Derek actually was an extra on a lot of soap operas. So you were in for a real treat.
1: Oh, a childhood dream walking around in the background of soaps. And I did <laughs> it. You shoot for the stars, it will happen, people.
0: I love it so much. That one, would really be very proud. I think so. I think so, too. I think
1: she would see the humor in that. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Derek. We will definitely uh, have you back. We'll put all your your handles in the show notes. And thank you so much. 90s kids. Next week is my birthday. Oh, my God. We're going to have a really fun. Thank you. We're going to have a really fun episode. It's going to be me by myself. And I have a very, very um, interesting topic. I'm very excited about it. Um, it's very near and dear to my heart, so make sure you tune in for that. And until then, mask up, socially distance. If you're not vaccinated, please fucking get vaccinated if you're not. Please. Please. Like, we want concerts back. Yes. <laughs> we want concerts and parties back. <laughs> and uh, mask up, be good human, and be excellent to each other. Thanks, everyone.